Whose birthday do we celebrate tomorrow? Yeah, that was rather weak. <laughs> do you know, when you look at different religions, as people like to compare religions, one way that you can look at a religion, and this is not the word this morning, it's just a little bit on the side before we start, is you look at those who represent that religion, yes? You look at the people who represent the religion that they adhere to or follow. So here's a question for you. If people were to look at your life, how are you representing Christianity? Good question, isn't it? If you were the example, if you were the representation of Christianity, what would people think of Christianity? Actually, the Word of God teaches us that we are living epistles and that we are read by the world. And so your life and my life needs to be a witness and a testimony to Jesus Christ. Can you say amen to that? But if you're talking to people in the world who are anti-religion, they can quite easily begin to talk about those who have misrepresented Christianity. If you were to look at some of the other religions of the world and see how they're misrepresented, and then you ask yourself another question, how can we find out or test a religion? One of the ways you can do it is by going to the founder of that religion. True? You can go to the founder of that religion. And so when you come to the founder of Christianity, you come to Jesus Christ. How glorious is that? I was listening to a man talking once, well, he was talking to me and he was trying to put all religions in the same basket. Drawing upon the misrepresentation of Christians in the past and the things he sees with other religions. But here's the reality. If you want to know what Christianity is like, come to Jesus Christ and study him. When you look at some of the so-called prophets of other religions, you will see sin. You will see rebellion, you will see perversity. But when you come to Jesus Christ, hallelujah, you see the only one that could ever speak the words, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. And how glorious his life was and how glorious his testimony is to you and I. And it is an example for us, but not only an example to follow, but the word of God speaks about the fact that we've been predestined to be conformed to his image. How glorious is that? When you look at some of the other religions of the world, and if you think to yourself, man, if I was to be conformed to the image of the founder of that religion, I'd be a dark person, I'd be a confused person. But the more I become like Jesus Christ, hallelujah, the more glorious it becomes. And I want to tell you, church, we are living... In perilous times. The word of God says in the last days there will be perilous times. And we are in those days. And I wonder if we are alert to that fact. As we see the perilous times around us unfolding. What are you and I doing to make sure that when Jesus comes again. He says will I find faith on the earth. What a statement that he made about his second coming. There's one thing I want to make sure of is that when Jesus comes again, he will find faith in me. And that word faith is not faith to get what I want in life, but a faithfulness 
that believes and trusts in God no matter what comes our way. Hallelujah. Is that the life you're living? Is that the life we're living as Christians? Glory be to his name. One of the things that we often do at birthdays is we talk about the birthday person, don't we? And this morning I want to talk about the birthday person. Because so often we focus on ourselves and how we can be more happy and how we can get our needs met. But I want to tell you the thing that will change our lives for the greater good is when we take our eyes of ourselves and we begin to meditate on him. Do you know what happens when you begin to look at him? Jesus Christ, the word of God says, as we behold the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ, we are transformed. How many of you here need transformation? Amen. One of the ways to do it is to focus on him. God-centered, Christ-centered. Hallelujah. Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, we read, and God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. When God speaks and he says us and our, who is he referring to? Right there at the first chapter of the book of the Bible, we see the Trinity revealed. Revealed in a way that we need more scriptures to have a complete understanding. But right there, God is saying, let us make man in our image. Hallelujah. God the Father, God the Son, the Eternal Word, and God the Holy Spirit. And of course today we're focusing on God the Son, the Eternal Word of God. In Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 we read, For by Him were all things created, that are in heaven and that are in the earth, visible and invisible. That is the one with whom we have to do, church. Do you know it would be good for you to spend some time when you're alone, and just meditate on that alone and begin to ask God to give you a revelation of who Jesus truly is. He is the creator. And I want to tell you, when you realize that, it will arrest your attention. You will begin to respond to him in a different way. One of the things that you will find is that you will have a newfound reverence and respect and awe for who he is. He's the creator of all things in heaven and in, uh, that are in the earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Speaking of the Son of God, Revelation chapter 1, John the Apostle, verse 10. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. That's a beautiful statement, isn't it? How many times can you say that? When you come to church on a Sunday morning, can you say, I'm in the Spirit on the Lord's Day? There's one way of finding out whether you're in the Spirit on the Lord's Day. Where were you in worship? Were you sitting in a building on 110 or the corner of Morton Cardiff Streets? Or were you in the throne room of heaven? Because I want to tell you, when you're in the Spirit, you're in the throne room. And you're conscious of Him and nothing else. Hallelujah. That's where we should be, church, when we gather together. When we come as his church, we should be able to declare, I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day and heard behind me a great voice. When you're in the Spirit on the Lord's day, you begin to hear the things that are revealed from God. Can you say amen to that? When you're not, you hear everything else of this world and the distractions. So ask yourself this morning, what was I hearing? 
as I was in worship. And I heard behind me a great voice as of a trumpet, saying, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the first and the last. Verse 12, the apostle turned to see the voice that spake, and being turned, he said he saw seven candlesticks. And in the midst of the seven candlesticks, one like unto the Son of Man, that is Jesus, clothed with a garment down to the foot, and girded around the chest with a golden girdle. His head and his hairs were white like wool, as white as snow, and his eyes were as a flame of fire. I can't wait till I see Jesus, can you? Church, we need to become hungry for our Lord and Saviour. And his feet like unto fine brass, as if they burned in a furnace. And his voice as the sound of many waters. Hallelujah. You know, there's so many sounds in the world today. There's so much negativity in the world. It rings so loud. The challenges that we face. But I want to tell you, when the Son of God begins to speak, it is the sound of many waters, and it will drown out any other sound. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword, and his countenance was as the sun shines in its strength. And when I saw him, I fell at his feet as dead. Meditate on that for a while. What have you seen of Jesus Christ? There's one way to tell what you've seen of him is the way you respond to him. If you respond to Jesus Christ with anything other than awesome reverence and worship and adoration and respect, if you respond to him without those things, you have not seen him. Because when you see Jesus, hallelujah, you will be so impacted by it that it will change your life. You will dare not to live the way you once lived. But you'll live as a man that has a conviction that the King of kings and the Lord of lords is in your life. Hallelujah. He fell down as a dead man. Do you know, I find it amazing that this is John the Apostle called John the Beloved, often referred to as John the Beloved. And when he walked with Jesus, when Jesus walked in his humanity, he was the one that rested upon Jesus. He rested his head upon him. There was that closeness, there was that familiarity. But when he saw the resurrected Christ, hallelujah, he wasn't even able to stand in his presence. Would to God that the leaders of the church and the church in these last days would get a revelation like this so that we can live for his glory and shine for his glory. He fell down as dead. Hallelujah. And Jesus laid his right hand upon John, saying unto him, Fear not, I am the first and the last. Hallelujah. He is before everything and he will be after everything. There is nothing to compare. I am he that liveth, was dead. And behold, I am alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of Hades and of death. Tell me one religion or one prophet that was ever able to speak such sublime words. How glorious is this? I want to tell you today, you, when you know Jesus Christ, you have found the author of life, the one who is the first and the last, the one who's overcome death, the one who gives us resurrection life. Glory be to his name. That's the one we're celebrating today, church. 
Forget about our little trinkets that we enjoy over Christmas and begin to say, God, give me a revelation of whom it was that came into this world 2,000 years ago. Speaking of God the Son in Isaiah 6, we read, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. Above him stood the seraphim, the burning ones. Each had six wings, with two he covered his face, with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one called to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is filled with his glory. And the foundations of the threshold shook at the voice of him who called, and the house was filled with smoke. I'm looking forward to a day when we feel the shaking, hallelujah, as the glory of God comes in and the people of God know what it is to rise up and worship in spirit and in truth, where we lay everything down and we declare He is worthy. He is greatly to be praised, hallelujah. There's something about praise and worship that reveals the revelation that a man or a woman has had of Jesus. So today we declare God. We declare Jesus is the Christ, the Messiah, the first and the last, the creator of all things. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 10, we read, and I love this scripture, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow. Hallelujah. Get that into your spirit. And you have a choice. You can bow your knee today or you can wait for judgment where your knee will bow by compulsion. At the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in the earth and things under the earth. Every atheist. Just recently I've been watching a few of the debates with some Christians when they go against these atheists. And as I listen to them, I think, wow, such an intellect speaking such foolishness. But one day you're going to bow the knee. When we look at Buddha and Confucius and Muhammad and all of these different religions, the day is coming when they will bow the knee. Hallelujah. Every knee shall bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And maybe today it is your day to bow your knee to the King of Kings. Hallelujah. Every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Eternal God, omnipotent God, sovereign God, majestic. His kingdom knows no end. Hallelujah. His power knows no limits. His wisdom knows no limits. His glory knows no limits. Angels worship and adore him. Principalities, powers and dominions, they fall before him. Their heavenly armies stand at his beckoning. And you know, when I look at that, I think, isn't it great to think of these heavenly hosts? That's what the King James calls them, but it means heavenly armies. But I want to tell you something today. Even though there's heavenly armies ready to do his bidding, he doesn't need an army. He actually doesn't need an army. His army will wipe out any opposition, but he does not need an army. In 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 8, and maybe we will see this in our lifetime. And then shall that wicked one be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the breath of his mouth. Hallelujah. 
and destroy with the brightness of his coming. Isn't that glorious? How many of you here today worship Jesus? This is the one you're worshipping. Are you aware of who he is? We're not here just to do an exercise or be religious people. We're not just here to celebrate a Christmas season. We're here to lift up that name which is above every other name. And I want to tell you something. We need to get a great revelation of how awesome the Lamb of God truly is. He's going to consume with the breath of his mouth and with the brightness of his coming. He doesn't need an army. And even as a lone foot soldier in his humanity, he faced and conquered Satan, sin, death, the grave, hallelujah, the powers of darkness. I thank God that Jesus went through it all. How many of you here today are through people? Are you men and women that know what it is to be faithful to God and to go through the trials and the testings and to go through the hardships and through it all remain faithful to him? Having done all, we stand, church. There's too many wimps in the world today. Too many wimps in the world today that can come and open their mouths and say, I believe in Jesus and then wilt before the enemy. That's not the man or the woman of God that God's called you and I to be. I know we go through discouraging times, but we've got to know what it is to remain faithful and having done all to stand. And if a righteous man falls seven times, he gets up again. Why? Because Jesus Christ is his Lord and Saviour. Hallelujah. Glory be to his name. We need fire in our hearts, church. Don't just think about a little baby in a manger. Think about the King of glory and say, He is my Lord, He is my Saviour. I will not bow the knee to the powers of darkness, but I will resist them in Jesus' name. He defeated death and the grave and the powers of darkness. And He has the keys of Hades. He has conquered. Hallelujah. Too often, Christians act like we're just dealing with a belief system. We act like Christianity is a set of beliefs. That we follow. No, we are dealing with a person. We are dealing with God. And his name is Jesus Christ. God himself. We will never be able to comprehend his greatness, his awesomeness, his power, his glory. Yet, in spite of all of these things we read. In Philippians chapter 2 verse 6 we read this. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God. What's that scripture saying? He is God. It's not something that he had to grasp or he had to take hold of because he is God. Verse 7. Think of all of the things that we've just discussed and that which we have discussed and listened to and put it in the light of this. He made himself of no reputation and took unto him the form of a servant. How can that be? How can it be? I want to tell you, there is no earthly king or queen. There's no earthly billionaire. There's no earthly man or woman of great renown in this life that would go and humble themselves and become a servant to others. As soon as we get power, money, prestige, titles, we want people to defer to us. We want people to acknowledge us. But here is one who's above it all, the first and the last. And the word of God says he made himself of no reputation. In the Greek, that means he emptied himself, not of his divine nature, 
but of all of his divine rights and privileges. It's astounding that the creator would be laying in a manger. Think about it for a moment. He who brought the worlds into being, hallelujah, laid in a manger. He emptied himself of his divine rights and privileges. How glorious is that? Never did he empty himself of his divinity. In Colossians 2.9 we read, For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. But he emptied himself of the rights and privileges. The glory of his person as the eternal Son of God was covered to the natural eyes. In Matthew 26.53 we read this, Think thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and that he presently would give me more than 12 legion of angels. 12 legions of angels. How many of you here, if you were being attacked, if you were about to suffer, if you were about to go through a torturous time, and just with one word you could have backup that would obliterate your enemies? How many would withhold and say, no, I won't call. I will go through the suffering. How many of you here would allow those to come and attack you and you had the power to wipe them out and yet you refused to strike back? And this is not just a man that we're talking about. This is the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. How glorious it is. Hallelujah. When Jesus said he could have called 12 legions of angels, he was talking in his humanity. But if you want to know what Jesus can really do, refer back to that scripture I read a moment ago. Look at the scriptures that speak about the wrath of the Lamb of God. Read the book of Revelation and read it with your eyes open to see that it's a revelation that Jesus the Christ will come and punish and destroy every one of his enemies. When he comes again, I don't want to be found to be an enemy. I want to be found to be a faithful servant. Hallelujah. That's what you and I should be living for. That when Jesus comes, he will find us with our lamps filled and us being faithful servants. Glory be to his name. 2,000 years ago, our glorious Lord and Saviour emptied himself of all of his divine rights and privileges and he did it for you. Think about that. He did it for you. He endured, as Hebrew says, the opposition, the rebellion of sinners against himself. How many of you here have been offended? How many of you here have had people come against you? I want to tell you, Jesus went through ten times worse, and yet he endured it all for your sake. He did it for us, church. Wow. He took upon himself the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Do you know, it wasn't forced upon him. The Lord of glory voluntarily took upon himself the form of a servant. We're not compelled to be servants. It's something that we do voluntarily. We look to Jesus and we follow his example. And what an example it is to us of greatness. When you could have people come and serve you and you say, no, 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 let me serve you. That is greatness because the creator of heaven and earth has done it. The eternal God, hallelujah, who being equal with God the Father, took upon himself servanthood, servanthood to the Father and to serve you and I. That's an amazing verse when Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but I came to serve and to give my life as a ransom 
for you. Amazing, all-powerful God. Amazing, all-giving servant. Amazing, all-sacrificing servant. And he was made in the likeness of men. I believe this is the greatest miracle that's ever recorded in the pages of Scripture. I believe it's the greatest miracle that will ever be recorded in creation. That Jesus Christ our Lord, the eternal Word of God, took our nature to himself. The infinite, the eternal God creator, took our nature, the nature of humanity unto himself. What a mind-boggling truth that is. Why would the most glorious, awesome, majestic being, God himself, stoop to such sublime condescension? Why? To seek and to save, to deliver and redeem you and I to himself. Isn't that glorious? Unspeakable, amazing grace and love. Love so amazing, so divine. I love that hymn, demands my life, my soul, my all. Oh, that we would cry out to God, to the Spirit of God, to open the eyes of our understanding. Do you know there's a fog, there's a mist, there's a haze that needs to be lifted of so many people's lives. Even though they say, I believe in God, I believe Jesus died for me. It's like they walk around with a permanent fog. Sometimes when I drive down the M4, you can see the fog just over the road. And you have to slow down a bit so you don't run into a car in front of you. I remember in England, we used to get the fog so good that you literally couldn't see your hand in front of your face. We'd put our hand there and we couldn't see it. And so you'd walk along the road and you'd be feeling to find out where the, 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 sorry, the footpath stopped and the, the street was. That's how thick the fog was. And you know, there's so many people like that. They come to church every Sunday and there's a fog over them. They don't see, they don't feel. And I want to tell you, we need to start crying out, Holy Spirit, open the eyes of our understanding that we would see the glory of this. If it doesn't move you, you haven't seen it. If it doesn't bring a change in your life, you haven't seen it. God, we pray, would lift that off of our eyes and that we would see who Jesus is. In verse 8 we read, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. He humbles himself. Obedience. Do you know there's many convenient obeyers? Does anybody know what a convenient obeyer is? It's someone who will obey when it's convenient for them. True? Have you met any of them? It's like, yeah, that sounds all right, I'll obey. That sounds all right, I'll obey. And then something crosses the will. Something that we don't like. And all of a sudden, that spirit of rebellion is revealed. Very quiet. Listen to the words. He was obedient unto death. He was obedient unto death. Do you know the problem with the church today in so many areas and ways is that we constantly saying, God, give this to me, do that for me, give this to me, do that for me, make everything right for me, God, I want a comfortable life. And we, yet we read of Jesus how he humbled himself. And that humbling was manifested in obedience. And not just obedience for those things that are easy to do, but obedience unto death. And then the scripture qualifies and says death on the cross. The cross was a form of torture. The idea and the concept behind the cross is how long can we keep them alive for? 
while they hang in pain. We don't want them to die quickly. We want them to suffer slowly. That's why the cross was designed. This is the obedience. This is the humbling. This is the spirit of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And he did it all willingly for you and I. Our incomparable Jesus. How dare anyone mention every any other religion or any other prophet alongside of the name of Jesus Christ. No idea. Blind, dark, ignorant fools. This is Jesus. Hallelujah. We acknowledge him today. We give him the glory. Do you know one of the things that excites me is the days come in where every argument will be silenced, every opposition will be silenced because he's coming back as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And in that moment, everything will be settled. Hallelujah. Don't ever feel like you're on the losing side because you see this manifesting or that manifesting. God sits in the heavens, church, and he laughs at his enemies. I think we need to learn to do the same. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Hallelujah, our God and King. He emptied himself, took the form of a servant, made in the likeness of man. He humbled himself. He became obedient to death, even death on the cross. What a glorious reality we see. What a glorious reality we see. So many people at this time will be looking at the manger scene, looking at the shepherds, the angels singing glory to God in the highest, the wise men bringing gifts. And it's good that we see those things and we learn from them. But do we see the King of glory, almighty God, leaving his courts of glory, hallelujah, leaving the highest heights and coming down to the lowest lows? Think about that for a moment. We can't comprehend. We read it in Isaiah 6. I see the Lord high and lifted up. His train, his glory filling the temple. And he left that and came down to the lowest of lows. To be born amongst animals. Can you believe it? Emptying himself, humbling himself, obeying. He was rejected, he was betrayed, he was falsely accused, crucified. The word of God says he was stricken and smitten of God in order that in his love and his grace he can lift us up from the lowest of lows. Hallelujah. If you're in a low place today, I want to tell you Jesus Christ can take you out of that low place. doesn't matter how dark or deep the hole is that you've gone into. Jesus, the Son of God, became a Son of Man, that you and I, the sons of men, can become the sons of God. How glorious is that? That's the Christmas message. I hope it excites you. I hope it challenges you. Indescribable heights that God will lift you and I to. Could you imagine that you can stand and say, I'm loved of God. God loves me. This one doesn't love me and that one hates me. Hallelujah. God loves me. Glory be to his name. I've got a few haters in church circles. They don't like like me, but I want to tell you God loves me. He's redeemed me. He knows me by name. He's justified me. He's delivered me. He's forgiven me. He's washed me. He's cleansed me. How many of you here get excited that you've been washed and cleansed? If you're not excited about the cleansing of the blood of Jesus, you don't know what sin is and you don't know what salvation is. Because a true Christian is grieved by sin. A person who only has religion 
is grieved by the consequences of sin. They don't want to be punished. But a true Christian is grieved by sin. They see it for what it is, the evilness of it. And they cry out to God, Lord, forgive me and cleanse me and wash me from this defilement of the enemy and the wicked one. My Lord and Saviour, he does it all. Hallelujah. And I love this. Whom he justifies, he glorifies. As we celebrate the birth of our Lord and Saviour Jesus Christ, let us say, Lord, open the eyes of our understanding. Lord, let it impact me. Let it change me. Let me get a hold of it and realize what this life is all about. It is about one thing and one thing only. He is preparing us for glory. Hallelujah. Will you bow the knee to him? Will you bow before him and say, Lord, teach me to be a servant. Teach me to humble myself. Teach me to be obedient. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. Glory to God in the highest. Peace, joy, goodwill to us because we are the ones that he came to seek and and to save. Hallelujah and redeem. Glory be to his name. Can I say at the end of that, happy Christmas. Stand to our feet. Hallelujah. I just want us to close our eyes just while the worship team's getting ready. Just close your eyes, church. One of the greatest things we need is the reality of God's word in our lives. And just before we sing this next song, I just want you to pray quietly and to acknowledge and to give reverence and worship and adoration and say, thank you, my Lord, my Saviour, you came. You came. You were born in that manger for me. You were born in that manger for me. Hallelujah. Father, we love you. We worship you. Father, our hearts are moved this morning. When we see that you so loved us that you sent your only begotten Son. Oh Jesus, we thank you. We worship you. We adore you. King of glory. The first and the last. And yet the Lamb of God. We thank you and we praise you today. We surrender our lives afresh to you. We humble ourselves before you. Forgive us, Lord, where we've been distracted. Forgive us, Lord, where we have, Lord, turned away from your word and your love and your grace. Forgive us, Lord. We thank you that your blood cleanses us, hallelujah, from all unrighteousness. We don't look to ourselves, we look to Jesus. We look to you, Lord. Hallelujah. Father, I pray over every man, woman and child that are suffering, that are struggling. Mentally, emotionally. By your grace, O oh God, you will come and break the powers of darkness over our lives. 
And that you would open our eyes that we would see Jesus. King of kings and Lord of lords. Don't leave this place today without coming before him and dealing with what needs to be dealt with in your life. He suffered for you. He was born into this world. He lived in this world. He died for you. He rose again and he ever lives to make intercession for you. Receive it this morning.